and we are live. Hey guys, welcome to the Superhero Cuts podcast. It's your boy Steve Hayes, joined by Comic Cuts per Comic usual. Cuts. How you doing, dog? I'm good, bro. How's everything with you? Good, man. Just woke up from a nap, so I'm still trying to wake myself up a little bit, but I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Um, before you do anything, please like, subscribe, and ring the notification bell. So, you know, when we post, as I say all the time, we're here to talk everything Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. That's what we do. Um, but today, you're probably going to get more Marvel and DC today. There's not a lot of real Star Wars news, to be honest, that's out. But we are going to start this episode talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to give our spoiler review. So, bro, just give me your first initial thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty, because this is probably going to be a long yeah. talk. Yeah. Like, this might take a, almost an hour to get through, so. For sure. Tell, uh, me, your, tell me your instant reaction to, to Guardians. So, the, first of all, the Guardians are like a rock band that are superheroes in space. You know, they are just so cool. They have so much energy to them. Uh, they're so fun, and they were absolutely incredible. I think this was the best one yet. Uh, it was emotional. It was a ride. You know, every actor, you know, carried their weight. Uh, High Evolutionary was amazing. Probably could be, you know, like definitely the meanest villain in, in the MCU. Um I, it, it's hard to say the most savage because, you know, Thanos wiped out half of humanity. But the way he went about things, he definitely more savage than Thanos. Thanos had, like, a piece to him. High Evolutionary did not. Um, uh, you know, I have a lot more to say, so... Uh, but let's hear your first thoughts. Yeah, so my first thought was, wow, this might go down as a top five MCU film Damn. in the next, like, five years. Um that was my first thought is, dang, this is some of the best cinema I've seen in a long time. Dang, this is the best Guardians movie that's ever been created. Yeah. yeah. Dang, this is the this is one of the best um, endings to a franchise, as we know it. My dog is, like, jumping on me. I was like, dang, uh, this is one of the best endings this year. Look, there she goes. Hey, mama. Yeah. Hey, babe. Can you come get a Soka, please? But, yeah, bro, cool. that yeah, was. His dog's name's Ahsoka. Yeah, named her after Star Wars. Go ahead, baby. Go ahead. But, man, that movie, oh, my gosh, man. It was, like, it was amazing. So, my first reaction was, dang, this is this is one of the best. This, gonna, this is one of the best superhero films that we've ever seen, and we can't take this for granted. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was dark. It was darker than I expected. Like, I knew it was going to get dark, but... It was, and you know, and I'm not gonna say that I'm not gonna say people that that are soft, but a lot of people are going to say high evolutionary is the meanest because of the animals. But in my opinion, I don't think high, like I'll put high evolutionary and Thanos's regard for humanity on the same level. Mm -hmm. I just think that high evolutionary just had more of a I don't care type of like attitude and and. His reasoning was kind of just for ego and pride, where versus yeah. where Thanos actually thought he was saving the universe. Right. That that would be the only difference. But at the but, same yeah. time, but at the same time, like in the real world, a lot of the most evil people in history, they do all you know, veil everything they're doing as like 
social justice. They, they really do believe they're doing a good thing. Like, you know, Hitler was a big social justice guy. You know, he was like, you know, we are doing this for the good of Germany and, and for the good of the world. So there is like a real world aspect to someone like Thanos coming in and saying like, you know, we need to wipe out half of existence for the sake of the population. You know, this world is finite. Our resources are finite. And um, I I think that was one of the things that made that story, uh, you know, so incredible. And, you know, with the high evolutionary, like he had, no reason to be doing what he was doing, like you said, other than ego. And, uh, you know, with the animals, like, you know, James Gunn really did kind of have you, you know, feel for Rocket's friends in the beginning. You know, they they started off in this really dark place and they didn't know anyone and they met each other in captivity and Rocket was about to free them all. And next thing you know, they all got murked by the high evolutionary. Like, you know, if that doesn't hit you in the feels, like, you, I don't know what's with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So with this review, I kind of want to just hit certain points so we, so we can, so people don't sure. think that we're everywhere. Because I'm, like, known to do, like, terrible reviews on movies. I know. I, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> because they always think that, like, I'm everywhere. So <laughs> let's start with the Guardians, then we'll work our way around, like, the circle. Okay. So first off, with all the Guardians, I just want to say this. I love that this, that this movie was based on Rocket, and I think that it was perfect. Number one, and let, let me just say this before we get into this. If if this movie doesn't prove to you that, that James Gunn can't handle Superman legacy, I don't know what will. We are in I, good I, hands with Superman. I don't think anyone will see this movie and think that he can't. I think there is the crowd that is still throwing a fit with their pacifier in their ass about Zack Snyder. Um, yeah, that's but I, will, I will say, and before we get into the review, because I did want to say something about this, and I say it all the time about you can't find the people that doubted Pattinson now. Oh, they're and going. They're nowhere to be found. They're nowhere to be found. And when the DCU is like two or three movies in, you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to find the James Gunn doubters. But I'm starting to kind of think like, you know, where's the fire James Gunn crowd? They're kind of getting quiet now. You know, everyone's talking about Guardians. I don't know if you've noticed, but IGN almost isn't talking about anything other than Guardians of the Galaxy. I know it, it, this movie has taken over the internet in a way similar to the way Infinity War did, um, and. You know, the fire James Gunn crowd has been very loud, and I haven't seen not one fire James Gunn. I've yep. seen, oh, so, so the Snyderverse to Netflix or restore the Snyderverse. Like, yo, you look like a brat. We got the Snyder cut. It was great. Like, uh, move on. You know, they're obviously, and by the way, they don't want to put <clears throat> in IMAX. You know why they don't want to put Snyder Cut in IMAX? Because they want all the focus on James Gunn and the DCU. So they and also they don't want to do anything for the Snyder fans on Twitter ever again. Because they gave them the Snyder Cut and what did they do? They spat it back in their faces. They're like, we want more. Fuck you. That was their, their reaction. So why do they ever want to do something for you people again? And I was one of those people. 
But I, I, like, come on, grow up. Yeah, man, I agree. I agree with everything you said. So, and so, yeah, man. If this movie doesn't sh- they'll show you that gun, as I said, it, it, he's he's got Superman's in good hands. That's all I'm gonna say with that. Um, so, <clears throat> starting with the box office, they did this did almost 300 million opening weekend. That's prime MCU numbers. Within That's the actually, three days. Yeah, the, within the three days. Uh, that is actually the biggest opening for Guardians out of all the three movies. Um, so that's a pretty big DW for the MCU because Ant-Man still basically hasn't broke even yet, which is a L. And, yeah. Excuse me. And even though the other movies have really like done well financially, there still has been you know the public opinion where, where like majority of people hated the content. So this is like the 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 first movie since. Endgame, where the fandom seems to be united and seems to love it, you know. So this is this is a really good. It, it's a really good time that James Gunn, you know, uh, or that Marvel released this. As I said, I think this should have been the first movie to start this phase. Not a man quantum mania. I think this this would have been way better. But <clears throat> but hey, man. I mean, we got it now. So starting with the Guardians, bro. As I. As I said before, I think this study on Rocket was amazing. I also am happy that Rocket was out of the whole picture for the first half of the movie. I think that is a genius idea because his whole backstory is filling in the movie. And I do feel like if Rocket still played a big part in the movie during that time, I think it would have been too much Rocket, if that makes sense. Because not not having Rocket explain his background, but having a see a bunch of his his origin is make is making you put a bunch of questions in your mind. But the fact that he's not answering those questions because he's unconscious makes the movie scarier. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, and it made you feel for him that much more. You were like, Oh, I really hope he pulls through. And you know, uh, they kind of put his heart on his sleeve, you know, trying to break his friends out. And, um, you know, like the whole time, you know, I, I and I texted you like I, I thought or, or I said this to you on the phone when you saw it. I was 100 percent sure that some of them were going to die. And that was most likely Rocket, you know. Um, so that was a big shocker that he did it and that he pulled through. Um, and I also think it was important for them to center this one around Rocket that he's going to be the captain of the new Guardians team, you know, um, because Rocket was kind of always neck and neck with Peter. Um, I shouldn't say neck and neck. Obviously, Peter Quill was the number one and Rocket was the number two, but Rocket kind of always saw himself as the number one, um, you know, and Rocket obviously now became that number one and, you know, Peter Quill is seemingly, you know, retired i'm sure they'll bring him back in secret wars or something like that but um actually maybe not because they probably will want to put the spotlight on the new guardians team um now starlord um, will be back for sure i I hope he is the rumor the rumor is that he's about to become an avenger and that Mm -hmm. is such a good move for the mcu because they because they need it they need a prime player and starlord is the perfect guy to put on a avengers team right now and by the way, what a lot of people don't realize from the MCU in the comics, 
Star Lord Peter Quill is actually much more like Captain America. He's very strategic. He plans everything out for the team, and he's really good at calling the shots. And I hope that we see more of that side of him. I get why they went this direction. I think, you know, to make him a bit of like silly and fun. And, you know, that was like the tone that James Gunn told with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And they already had Captain America. Um, But I would love to see that side of him. And I do think that it kind of makes sense. It's kind of like, listen, he went home to see his grandpa You know, he's matured through these three movies and the Avengers movies and let him mature into a more accurate comic version of himself. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I think that would be cool to see. I wouldn't be against that at all. Um, Yeah, man. So that's Rocket. Okay, now let's now. And I do want to say this about Rocket as well, because when Rocket comes back kind of to life, it's not like we get this emotional scene where him and Peter Quill, like, like he said to Peter Quill, like, this is my past, this is what happened. No, I mean, he gets right back into battle, which yeah. is a very interesting way to kind of push the story forward, which I think was good, good as well. Man, this is one of the, the, the pay. Um, remember when I told you on the phone that the pacing in this movie is is utterly perfect? Yeah. By the way, I, I saw a couple it's, people complaining. It's amazing. About that. I feel like people who don't know how to talk about movies, it, their go-to complaint these days is, "Oh, well, the pacing wasn't good. The pacing wasn't good." Like they don't, yeah, and, and they, they don't understand what movie, like what movie pacing actually is. Like, like, like a, a movie that is terribly paced is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And you know, I love that movie to death. You know, yeah. I defend that movie to 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 the pits of hell. Yeah, but but, but that movie is that movie is terribly paced. Terribly paced. It's all over the place. Like they don't like Sam Raimi doesn't know where he's going ninety percent of the film. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But with this I, one, I don't think I don't think it was his fault. I think it was Marvel's fault. I think Marvel override it, wrote him, and they edited the shit out of it. Well, no, I mean, uh, and also, but they hired him so late. They hired him too late. He wasn't able to actually create his own stuff. It felt like, yeah, like and he had his he, own spin on it. But yeah, and and that guy knows how to pace movies. I mean, his Spider-Man trilogy was those movies were paced so well. Not Spider-Man three, but yeah, I agree. Right, uh, but the first two really were. They, I just, agree. they tried I agree. to do too much with Spider-Man 3, but, you know, um, I, I but really yeah, man, but yeah, that. this movie, bro, is like the, the pace is utterly perfect. Like even when I saw Dungeons and Dragons, that's another movie that's that's terribly paced, but the beauty of the movie saves it, you know, but um, it was like th- this was a fun watch. But it, as I said, when Rocket comes back, he's just legit like thrust it into the story. And he's ready to fight. Like, there's just one part that gets me where Gamora's like, let's get off of the high evolutionary ship. And he's like, I'm done running. <laughs> and then they both just, they, the whole team yeah. just grabbed the strap and start walking. Bro, I'm like, yo, this is fire. And, and then, then we get the, that epic, you know, yeah. Sweet till Brooklyn. That was pretty yes. Cool. Then we get that epic freaking fight scene where, which is one of the best fight, uh, what's it called? Fight choreographies I've ever seen in the MCU. And we've seen a lot of good ones. Man, James Gunn's a big loss for them to you, man. Yeah. yeah, James Gunn's a big loss for them to you. I'm telling you, man. But yeah, that, that that was awesome. Um, so let's now, now let's get to to uh, Star Lord because Star Lord definitely took a backseat in this film. Yeah, how do you feel about him in this movie? You know, 
listen, I, I still think he got his shine, um, you know, I, and I think that he did mature a lot, like kind of the way he was with uh, Gamora in the end. You know, that obviously was a big heart loss from him. By the way, I want to say, I think when, I don't know if you saw the news, but James Gunn said recently that it, he did not like that Star-Lord punched Thanos when they were trying to take the gauntlet off. Yeah. And I think that's because James Gunn knows that in the comics, like Star-Lord's a smart guy. He wouldn't, you know, let his emotions get the better of him um, when the planet, when the life of the planet's on the line. Um, you know, but listen, I, I think in Guardians 3, um, you know, Star-Lord definitely took a backseat to Rocket, but I th- still think he got his shine in. It didn't feel like he wasn't a power player in the movie. Um, you know, when they were sa- trying to save Rocket, he was the number one on that. He was the one that was not taking no for an answer. He was, the, the you know, when everyone was like he was dead, it was him who was like, no. I am not losing him. And, um, you know, shout out to uh, uh, Chris Pratt. You know, Chris Pratt is a phenomenal actor. And, you know, shout out Marvel for, you know, always finding, like, you know, they took on Robert Downey Jr. when no one would. They took on Chris Pratt when no one would. And, you know, these guys are, like, the biggest names in Hollywood right now. And Chris Pratt, you know, he's just a great guy. Um, yeah. You know, really seems to have a good heart and, and be a good guy. Uh, you know, I, I have so much respect for him on and off the screen, and he deserves it all, man. He really does. Yeah, it's a it's a really big risk in your movie when you're taking your main character for the first two films and you're just kind of throwing him, throwing him in the back. Um, he's playing like the angry – not angry, but he, he's really a leader in this film, which I really enjoy – um, I do feel like in, in the first two, he got made up such a joke that in honestly, the first two Guardians movies made him come off as a terrible leader. So seeing him kind of like really being his leadership back, I am pissed off that he didn't have his mask nor his boots that make him fly. I don't yeah. understand why. And James Gunn was like, yeah, well, he was in a rush. I'm like, bro, don't shut up like that. That was so, such a dumb excuse. Um, I, I thought that made <clears throat> Yeah, but it, yeah, but it felt a little plain. Like it, it just felt like Star Lord wasn't himself for the movie, just because of that. But that's just me. That's just me because I'm just so used to seeing that. I, I kind of wanted some of that. Are so cool. The one thing yeah. I also will say is like, I feel like a lot of Marvel movies, you know, especially because it, it kicked off with so many origins, like you know the Iron Man trilogy, the Captain America trilogy, trilogy, the Avengers movies. A lot of the first of them are really the teams coming together. And, you know, Guardians 2, I actually always enjoy Guardians 2 more than Guardians 1. I love Guardians 1. But sometimes I I think it's more fun to watch these teams when they're established already and they're all working together rather than the first half of the movie learning who they are, seeing how they meet, etc., Um, And I think that, you know, a lot of these characters have been so developed that it just was like fertile ground for this movie to be the haymaker of the movie that it was. I mean, and when you think about it that way, you know, even though Avengers Infinity War, they kind of were all separated. Like, I think one of the things that that movie made it work so well was that 
we all know these characters. We've been with these characters for a long time and you didn't really have to, uh, you know, educate the audience at all. And these characters really just got to be themselves um, in a really tense moment. And, and, you know, they got to shine. Like, like I said, you know, and Peter Quill, you know, you, you finally kind of got to see him show his leadership skills, not, you know, really be clowning around, making the more mature decisions. And, and I thought that was really, really cool. Um, you know, and man, I just love this movie. I love that it started in nowhere, you know, right off of the holiday special. I love the holiday special. I don't know how some people complained about that. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, um, great movie, you know, yeah. Chris Pratt yeah. absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Cool is amazing. And as I, said, I think taking, giving him, cause I mean, at the same time, like he played a backseat, but then he didn't play a backseat. He was like the main initiator in saving rocket. So it was also a big part too. So yeah, I enjoyed uh, him. Now let's uh, now let's get into uh, Nebula. All right, Nebula yeah. is another big player in this film. Nebula takes the spot that kind of Gamora filled, and I do think that there might be a romance between him and Nebula eventually, which is hilarious because Karen Gillan in real life is actually fire. Like like the girl that yeah. plays Nebula is drop dead gorgeous. So that's actually hilarious that you know he's falling off with like the not the ugly part of her, but you know the destroyed part of her but um i do think that nebula seeing what she's going through from guardians to through through the avengers films to now seeing her embrace the family finally was the most calming thing to watch in this movie the fact that she wasn't like really like saying like i don't want to be a part of this team i'm forced to be on the team but she's actually loving the fact that she's a guardian and we obviously got got some of that in in we obviously got to see that in Endgame, which was a breath of fresh air, but we got to see that fleshed out, that Nebula is actually like a part of the Guardians family. And to me, that was that was one of the, the most beautiful things. Like uh, the one part about Nebula that got me choked up was when she was on the high evolutionary ship. And uh, basically it was when it was when Rocket first woke back up. He started talking on the intercoms and Nebula starts breaking down crying. On the intercoms, like like you like in the old movies, you would have never thought that Nebula would break down crying because Rocket's alive. But yeah. her and Rocket, you know, had a really like they they had a connection because they both come from Rocky, um, Rocky Origins. Yeah, it, exactly. Nebula's arc was done very well. I mean, it was done to darn near perfection. Yeah. And Gamora and, and you no, know, I'm not going to talk about Gamora because we're going to talk about her um soon, but. Nebula's arc in this freaking movie was done to top tier perfection. And, you know, Thanos in the comic and the movies treated her like absolute dog shit. And, um, you know, and yeah, I, agree. So I, I just feel like, you know, the Guardians are kind of always like that B team that's really an A team. And, um, you know, she just fits in so well with them. Um, Agreed. And on that B team, but A team front, like Rocket, you know, he was, you know, an experiment that was going to be left for dead. And, you know, next thing you know, he's like becomes the captain of the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy that becomes this like, you know, super team. Um, so cool. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Nebula, I, I, I would love to see more Nebula. So, 
you know, awesome that, you know, she's probably going to get back together with Quill. She's very much still in the MCU. Um, She also plays like the mom role in this movie. You yeah, know, like she yeah. kind of like like it's kind of like her and Peter, like the mom and dad of the Guardians now, and I, I think that's a that that that's a great place for her to, to be in this film. Not to mention her, the new enhancements to her armor was nuts. Like the fact that her arm could turn into this like look like a Yo, vibranium, that was like Iron Man yeah. nanotech shit. That exactly. Was and, and did you even see that? Like she had those those wing attachments when Adam Warlock. First came in, and then she was like, and then she was flying, bro. That bro, yeah, she yeah. was OP in this movie. I, I ain't gonna lie, she she was for, a, yo, OP for real, for real. I can't wait till we talk about Warlock, though. I know, I know. Hey, you want to hit him now? Yes. Yeah, all right. Let's do it. Hey, go ahead, so, go ahead. You start it. You know, I first of all, I, as great as he was in this movie, like I am still kind of upset that he only got ten minutes of screen time. But like, you know. When Will Poulter was first cast as Adam Warlock, the guy that owns the comic shop that I local to, he he was like, you know, upset about it. And, and he's like an older guy, you know, been reading comics since like the 70s. And he was like, and by the way, Warlock's like heyday was in the 70s. So I disagree with that comment, but I, I, I'm going to get into that. So I don't think he was wasted because I think there was a purpose for it. But, but I get your comment. Um, so... You know, first of all, like, and then once they finally showed Will Poulter as, as Warlock, you know, like, that is fucking Adam Warlock. You know, probably one of the best, <laughs> like, close to comic um, renditions in the MCU. You know, and he acted just like Warlock would. Um, you know, I, I, incredible. And for those of you that don't know, Adam Warlock is the guy that, you know, one in 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 the real Infinity War comic, um, you know. But I'm just happy that listen. I don't think he was wasted in this movie because I think the purpose of him being there was to get people excited for the next Guardians team whenever they do it. You know, rather than having to sell tickets to a new Guardians of the Galaxy team and you only know it's Rocket and you don't really know what you're getting into. Now it's Rocket, it's Adam Warlock. I think it makes an easier sell uh, for for that. And I think that was the purpose of him being in this movie, period. Um, you know, and, and I thought he was going to have a bigger role in this movie when he was going to be in it, especially considering that Guardians Volume 2, the post credit scene um, was kind of, you know, look at the freaking like look how look at the compare look how perfect that freaking looks yeah dude. yeah like that's darn near spot on right there bro spot on and, you can't and hate on a, that you can't and you know phenomenal actor um kind of like you know an arrogant childish baby but like super powered um you know kind of a good guy but kind of a dick like that's adam warlock and um yeah, you know, absolutely loved it. Love seeing him. Love the Will Poulter casting. And, you know, it, it worked for me because now I'm super stoked for Guardians, the, the new Guardians team. Rocket and Adam Warlock have me absolutely sold. Yeah, that is actually a great comparison to show to kind of show how Adam Warlock was introduced. Um, because Vision was kind of OP when he first came into the MCU. He still is OP. But yeah, um, and so, they have the yeah. infinity stones on their exactly. 
even and though the, in this it's yeah. not an actual Infinity Stone, it's just a diamond or whatever the case may be. But and Pop Call King, oh yeah, and, and Pop Call King, there's a connection between those two. Don't don't forget about that. There is a connection between Warlock and and Vision. There is. And I'm making a video on it soon. It's funny that you uh, say that because I was literally just writing a, a, a script about how him and him and him and Vision are, are going to be connected in the future of the MCU. But um, I think the Adam Warlock in this movie was, per I think it was perfect. Um, you know, and this is the thing, Cuts. If Adam Warlock was in this movie for 20 minutes, even 30, he would have stole the show. That's a good point. And when you have this character where he is legit OP powerful, like this dude's basically like Superman, bro. Like, I mean, he yeah. can fly, he shoots, he shoots these crazy energy objects. I mean, he's he brutally injured like 90% of the Guardians, bro. Like yeah. he blasted Rocket into oblivion, you know? Yeah. So yeah. when you have a character that powerful, it's just hard to, you know, yeah. put them in the story without without them destroying the story. Right. And, and not trying on Rocket. I also loved his like redemption, you know, because Rocket was in that whole situation because of Warlock, but they didn't really hold it against Warlock because they also knew where he was coming from. And yeah, they know he had no no control of his actions, and also the fact that right. he saved Peter Quill in the end was the big uh re yeah. big redemption. The only part that I, that I wanted to see was because you know in the comics. Adam Warlock he actually ends up fighting the High Evolutionary, so I wanted to see that, but because you know, obviously the High Evolutionary cooked him. Remember in the uh, in the beginning of the film when he was pushing his body into the the whatever it's called into the the wall or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, but hey, I, I'm totally fine with his positioning in this uh, movie. My only complaint is this: don't let this man wear that freaking Guardians costume. He needs a cape. I'm sorry. I agree. His, I agree. His costume was fire, bro. Yeah, that's the one thing like Marvel doesn't have as much. Like DC is big on capes, but Marvel they don't really do capes like that. Um, but Vision, uh, sorry, Warlock needs a cape. Um, you know. And by the way, if anyone does want to read any Warlock comics, start with Strange Tales from the seventies. They are very like. Acid trippy seventies ish. They're fucking. Dope. Did you also peep uh, that uh, one of the Ravagers would had the same magic as Doctor Strange? I did it. That's pretty crazy. So, the High Evolutionary is still alive. I wonder where he is. Yeah, he's he's definitely still alive. Yeah. Um, but if I don't know if you remember, but remember when the Guardian ship got raided by Gamora? Do you remember? Did you know that they how entered? Times, how many times did you see this? Five. Uh, Damn. Yeah, it's bad. Did you? Uh, did, but, <laughs> did, did, but so remember when Gamora raided the, the ship, right? No, I gotta see it again. You know, like I, I and as much as I would love to go to the movies to do it again, and I have a list, so it's like not even a big deal. I'm just gonna wait till it comes out, and I'm gonna fucking binge it like three. You yes, 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 you you remember the scene? Yeah. So in the scene, bro, Gamora's and the Ravagers raid raid the ship, and this alien is legit using Doctor Strange's magic, like or not the, the highest magic, but the same magic. That he it uses. looks the same, or it was the same, like no, 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 no bro. The whole. The whole entire finger thing, the whole sa the same thing, bro. Yeah. I swear to you. I swear to you. So, I'm, 
I'm I'm trying to find the answer to why that is that. So, um, but yeah, dude, it was it was crazy. Um, and when you rewatch it, just make sure you take a look out for that. Okay, so ex- ex- yeah, exactly, bro. Paco King, the portals, and the, it had me shook because I was like, bro, I was like, how in the world, like, can okay, we see yeah, that? I kind of vaguely remember that now. It had me shook. Um, okay, so now we've gone through uh, where we at. We did Adam Warlock. Okay. Now let's move on to this. Probably be the shortest one, Groot. Um, this this is my favorite Groot so far. Um, I don't like Baby, baby Groot that guys. much. Yeah, yeah. Baby Groot is so annoying. So I'm I'm so happy that, and I'm happy that, and I hope that going forward, I would love to give Vin Diesel's voice as Groot for the rest of the Guardians like yeah. t- tenure. Um, I think it's time for him to grow more of a personality. I think it's time for Vin Diesel to kind of talk more. I dude, I love it. Yeah, I love I- it. You know, you want to talk about OP. He was powerful as hell in this movie. Like that the Hulk, bro. He's basically like the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, dude, he looks like a jacked adolescent. Like, you know, that was dope. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, Groot, yeah, it was fun. Um, I did want to see more emotion from Groot when Rocket was down, just knowing because we saw in Infinity War how close they were. Yeah. And I do feel like that's – but it felt like a minor snub because I don't think James Gunn wanted that from the start them two to have uh, such a close relationship right right but i wanted Groot to be a little more hurt about the whole they also started off together like you know in, in the first guardians when no one knew each other and they were on xandar um you know Groot and rocket they were trying to get that the orb uh, with the Infinity Stone, they were teamed up already. A- everyone else was meeting each other, you know, fighting over the orb for the first time. But, you know, Rocket and Groot, they were together. Granted, that was OG Groot, not Baby Groot. Yeah, exactly. But it just seemed like, bro, that when Rocket went down, Groot was just like, yeah, like, it's whatever. Like, we're going to go say, you know what I mean? But other than that, I think I think Groot was was a great in this movie. Um, now let's hit some Gamora, okay? Because Gamora is obviously the oddball out of the bunch. This is not the same Gamora. She died the original Gamora in Avengers, um, Endgame or Infinity War. Were you expecting the old Gamora to fall back in love with Peter Quill? Yeah, I was shocked. I, I was shocked. Um, but I, listen, I also think they made her look like noticeably different than the Gamora that we knew, um, you know, and I, I think, like, listen, they made it pretty obvious that um, Peter Quill was maturing, and that was a big part of this movie, and I think part of that was moving on from Gamora, and I also think, like, James Gunn was really upset about the... Uh, you know, the punch in Infinity War. And I think that he, one of his ways of, like, trying to redeem Peter Quill for that was, like, listen, this girl is not the same Gamora. You know, she doesn't know you. Like, you kind of have to overcome that. And I think that that was part of it. Did you know he said that he, did you know that he, said that he was going to kill her off in and Guardians 2 efforts? Uh, he was going to... Sorry, can you repeat that? 
James Gunn said that he was going to kill her off in Guardians 2. Damn, I didn't know that. That's pretty crazy. But then Kevin Feige was like, no, we're actually going to kill her off in, in Avengers Infinity War. Right, right. Which so he, he, had to, he had to make a change. But, like, yeah. that's kind of crazy, though, that he was planning to already kill her off, bro. Like, it's kind of nuts. Right. Um, but right. yeah, he said Gamora's done. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I, I don't think we've seen Gamora's ending. I think she's going to be an Avenger. Keep it on it. Yeah, I think Gamora they, and Star Lord are going to be Avengers. Listen, I really hope they are. But like, you know, just because here's the thing. Right now, half the OG Avengers, the best ones, you know, are, were out of Marvel's control, being exit stage right. Being Iron Man, being Cat, you know that they, they didn't really have a choice with those two, um, and you know they already ruined Hulk, they ruined Thor. Uh, I, my point being is they don't have a lot of room with the OG Avengers, and you would think that because of that they wouldn't have wasted Thor the way they did in Love and Thunder, and you know you would think that. Marvel's headspace, they would be like, okay, we need to do everything in our power to make that Avengers roster fucking awesome. But like, then they go and waste Thor. So like, I don't know. I, I and they're bringing in, you know, they're nerfing Doctor Strange too to bring in America Chavez. And like, so I don't know. I just think, I just think that like, I think you know what I'm trying to say. They should be doing everything in their power to make that Avengers roster great. And the characters that they have left that they should be, you know, making dominant, they're totally nerfing. Yeah, but they're doing that so Kang can defeat them. Like, I think there's a reason why they're so weak. Because Kang is going to cook all of them. I mean. So you think Kang's going to cook Thor? With ease. With ease, bro. Yeah. With ease. Comic Thor or not, bro, King's cooking. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you know, a lot of people saying High Evolutionary is a better villain than Kang. Listen, Guardian 3 may be a better movie than Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but Kang is a much better villain than the High yeah, Evolutionary. King is Thanos level, bro. Yeah. King, yo, Jonathan Majors as Kang is like, He's Thanos the best villain love. the MCU ever had. Yes, yes, like, yes. It, you know, and, off and, a bad movie, way, <laughs> off yeah. a terrible movie. He's, I didn't it, say no, it was a terrible yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say terrible, movie. but yeah, I'm not even gonna say bad. But like, he was in a movie that is very much weaker compared to what Thanos was first in, like introduced in. You know, and yeah. Kang the Conqueror carried that film. Like Jonathan Majors as Kang was exactly is that it was a perfect. Freaking yes, and I agree. the The high evolutionary gave you that Thanos or or King the Conqueror feel, which I think was what was good because we need more villains in the MCU that make you feel like they're that they're that guy that they're that powerful. You know, yeah. Like yeah. when you're looking at characters like Zemo, you're like, okay, like I get you can make things happen behind the scenes, but you're not powerful. So I love the high evolutionary kind of being in this and kind of showing us that he's that guy. But Kang is a whole, like, in the end. It's okay that a lot of you guys don't read comics, but listen to me. Listen to me clear. And I've read all. I've read darn near all of the King comics at this point because I've been diving so deep into King Conqueror. Like I've read almost all of them. King's power level is levels beyond any of these guys. Mm -hmm. Levels beyond. 
levels beyond Thanos, levels beyond any villain we've seen in the MCU. Ultron, they hold, they don't hold a candle to this man, bro. Where he comes from, the Infinity Stones don't mean anything. They're like little freaking Skittles. Yeah, I mean, Kang could snap your entire timeline like that. Like, so, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Ultron. It doesn't matter if you're Thanos and you have the Infinity Stone. <clears throat> Kang could literally end your existence, like, literally like this. Yeah, Kang's, got, like, Kang's like God, bro. Stones. Kang's literally like God. And then when he takes the Beyonders powers in Secret Wars, no one's stopping that man, bro. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. Dr. Doom is the only one. That could take on Kang. He is yeah. on one. And, and in the comics, Dr. Doom cooks Kang. Yeah, and because Dr. Doom, Dr. Doom is him. And Dr. Doom yeah. is on a level. And Dr. Doom's on that same level as Kang. Dr. Doom is, is one of the greatest sorcerers <clears throat> in, in, in in any type of lore of all time. And he also is like... He is the greatest Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Doom, yeah. and and, let, and, let's, and let's make this clear. Dr. Doom is the greatest Marvel villain of all time. There's no other way around that. He's the GOAT. He's he he's he's the, the Michael Jordan, the LeBron. And, and and that's who they're gonna bring in after Kang. Like he might know, even like, be in Secret Wars. Yeah. You he know, might. um, but like, you know, it, it really is. I mean, like your top five villains are probably in, in no specific order, is probably Doom, Kang, Thanos, Galactus, and I probably Ultron, maybe Magneto, Kingpin, maybe probably Kingpin. Well, Kingpin street level, but you know he yeah he, he's definitely up there. In yeah, like, I see, yeah, yeah. I just I just think you. I feel like you should always add a street level villain, a villain in there. So I would say I was fair, a Kingpin. Fair. Yeah, no, yeah, that that is a fair take. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's very yeah, fair. That is fair. That is very fair. Um. No, it's a fair choice. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay, so we talked. Where were we at? Where were we at? Uh, we were at Gamora. But yeah, as I said, I think that Gamora being with the Ravagers was the first word to me. But it makes sense for the movie. Um, she'll, she'll be an Avenger. I promise you guys that. But, but trust me when I say she'll be an Avenger. Um, and we were. I mean, we kind of talked about the High Evolutionary, but um, the High Evolutionary was was OP in this film. Um, I feel like we didn't get to see much of his power level, which, which was fine because with the very few scenes we got, you knew that he was him, you know, so I have nothing yeah. against that. But, it was more like you know, <clears throat> everyone's been complaining since the Batman came out that that Marvel doesn't do like character studies. There you go. Yeah, you, you got two deep ones. Um, and also it was dope how like, to see how, like you know, this where no like Nova's people comes from the from, from from the high evolutionary, you know. And now that we're here, that's does it make you feel like this is how I feel, bro? I don't think we're going to get Nova in the MCU, and I really think that Kevin Feige is going to make Adam Warlock what Nova was supposed to be. Just saying. Interesting. That's kind of how it's feeling. Yeah. You know, because this dude's I, from Z- from Xandar, bro. Right. What's also interesting is a lot of people compare Nova to the Green Lantern, which, listen, I, I think they're very different. But who knows? Like, once the Green Lantern comes out, they're probably not. You know, the way they. I mean, I, I'm trying to make the comparison to Aquaman yeah. and. and Namor, it's just that Nova was the better. perfect character to introduce into the Guardians. And it's like, how much longer are you going to wait to introduce this dude, bro? Yeah, right? it's, yeah. And it's starting to get a little annoying because I, I, I'm a Nova fan. And it's like, bro, yeah. like, 
how much more are we going to do this? So it's starting to piss me off a tiny bit. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to get into some other stuff when we talk Secret Invasion because I have a couple of things that I'm expecting from Secret Invasion um, a lot at the mm -hmm. moment with just Nick Fury and where I want him to be positioned after this film. But anyways, High Evolutionary is, is one of the best villains we, we've seen in Marvel. High Evolutionary is violent. He's dark. He's the crazy mad scientist. The fact that we got to see the animals turn mean and crazy, that was freaking horrifying. I loved it. Um, also seeing the fact that he like that he literally didn't care about life at all. He legit was just killing these animals like it was nothing. It was, it was crazy. Um, crazy. So, and yeah, they were like I was happy about that. Sweet little innocent animals. Yeah, and he, he did just create animals. He created a bunch of just regular life. So this dude was viewed as God to a lot of people. So um, it was... Like the, the way that it felt was that he was kind of the culmination of all of the other villains that they faced in in the past two uh, Guardians films, mm -hmm. and so I, I was very happy to to see that. Um, I, I also am shocked though that he hasn't ran into Captain Marvel. Maybe they uh, have, maybe they haven't, but yeah, that would have yeah. been an interesting beef to see because you know she's all around the the uh, the uh, galaxy. galaxy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hold on, he just said something. He said, like with Thanos, he was a great villain, but I didn't nearly hate him as much as I hate the high evolutionary. Yeah, and 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 that's because James Gunn taskfully went went to the darkest place possible, but which is animals. Animals is a yeah. soft place for everyone. So yeah. when you are, are torturing little cute Rocket and all these other cute animals, it's pinching something in your soul. Like, bro, it made me want to go hug my like, bro. I was cuddling with with uh, my dog after the film. Like, I was thinking about my my dog the whole time. I'm like, damn, like, I gotta me go too. see my dog after this dog. Like, yeah, I feel bad. So, yeah, man, James Gunn, hands down, great, great film, great film. I think that's everyone. I mean, other than the other side characters, I'm not really going to touch on. Yeah, uh, yeah. but <clears throat> the side characters played a good role. The fact that we got to see nowhere. Um, again, as usual, I mean, this movie was amazing. I, just, I have nothing really bad to say about this film. I, I was happy altogether. Yeah, and by the way, like, it, it, I feel like it was perfect timing with the fire James Gunn, fire James Gunn. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's that dude, bro. He's him. So stop yeah. it. So, so okay, now let now let us get into some minor news, and then we'll wrap up. We're not going to keep you guys too long this time because next week's probably going to be a long episode because we got a lot of stuff to cover, man. Whew. We got some movies to cover, some news covered next week. But yeah, okay. So this pissed me off. Okay. Shout out to IGN. No, no, screw IGN. Okay. Shout, shout out to IGN. Um, they have the worst ratings on Instagram. <laughs> uh, don't even get me started. I, I low key want to pull it up on Instagram right now, but I don't feel like putting in, putting in my password and everything. But IGN said that Iron Man 3 is the best Tony Stark movie. Okay. Let's break down. This lie Wait, that I just told. Iron Man movie or Tony, <clears throat> Tony Stark movie? And it's not. It's not. Yeah. I don't. But look, look. Even Popcorn King said WTF, bro. I just don't think you get the most character growth in this movie. I, I disagree. I disagree. To tell me that Iron Man one and Iron Man two aren't Tony Stark aren't the best Tony Stark movies. That's crazy to me. How do you feel about that? That opinion. You know, listen, I think, like, first of all, you know, I, Iron Man 3 is based off of the comic Extremis, and the comic is much better than the movie, even though it's, like, directly, it's, like, a direct copy, um, number one. Number two, 
how could you say that three is a better Tony Stark movie than one and two? And number one, he invented the Iron Man armor out of a fucking cave and then basically shut his company down for dealing weapons to people he didn't like. Not people he didn't like, terrorists. Number one. Number two, Iron Man 2, you know, you dealt with him having to innovate to save his life, you know, and and you touched on his alcoholism and, like, I don't know, Iron Man 3, listen, you know, yes, it's a very Tony Stark movie, but, like, so were the first two, and they were both better movies. So, I don't know. I, I feel like IGN did this to increase their comments for the day. You know, a lot of these pages that you see when they post something that, like, they do this because they sell ads. And, like, you know what clickbait is. There's also comment bait. And, you know, and when people see something like that, they hit two buttons. They hit the share button and they hit the comment button. And both of those drive the algorithm and they drive the metrics. And the metrics don't decipher whether it's a positive reaction or a negative reaction. A reaction, they all count for the same the same number. So it makes no difference. Um, so you got to keep that in mind when you read things like that. And, and it should make you, when you know this, it should make you think, is IGN credible or are they full of shit? Because they say stuff for clickbait and comments. Exactly. IGN is always capping, bro. They're always capping, man. And IGN, I don't care if you hate me. I don't want to work for you guys anyway. Sorry. I don't need your endorsement. So I I can talk about you all I want. Yeah. Like, screw IGN. I don't care. All all it would take to work for you guys is, uh, you know what? Mission Impossible 7, what would you rate it? 7. Exactly. (laughs) Yo, let let me just tell you guys, me me and Comic Cuts could legit be writers for comicbook.com today. Like we, we could apply right now and, and get the job with no effort. So IGN don't need anything from you. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but yeah. I will say this, man. IGN, thank you for the content. Um, uh, because this is one of the most terrible takes. Because I mean, Iron Man 3 is number one, the weakest movie of the three. Um, number one, because we literally get teased, we literally get blue balled with the idea of the of of the Mandarin. And then when you see what we get in Shang-Chi, it pisses you off even more that we didn't yeah. get the Mandarin, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so no, that that's that's number one. But number two, how is Iron Man 3 the best Tony Stark movie when he legit puts his pride, right? And, and literally calls out a world-renowned terrorist while his wife, while his... Are they married at that point? No, they're not married. While... His girlfriend, darn near wife at this point, lives in the same house as him, putting her in danger yeah. and the people that he loves. How is that the best Tony movie? And then the ending is he, I mean, obviously he loses, but like, where is like the big character like development other than the fact that he, his house gets destroyed and he basically like is kind of like not putting Iron Man to the side, but I mean, but, like, the ending just him just taking his armor and starting over. It's not really, I mean, and, and yes, I mean, he had like PTSD and stuff like that. But like, how was that the best Tony Stark movie when we get Iron Man 1 to where we see this man is a playboy philanthropist and uh, egomaniac, which he always is. And then we end up seeing him get all that stripped away. He has to build his armor from scratch. And then he becomes cocky again. 
and then someone still a second that he legit has to put his life on the line again when he didn't want to. Like, I mean, and then like I don't, I, I just don't understand that thought and, process. It makes no sense to me at all. And I think he is <clears throat> by far the greatest character the MCU has ever had. Yeah, and he, yeah how, even Iron Man too. Like, yeah. bro, he was alcoholic, bro. Like. And, and he was using the alcohol. Oh my god! It's just Iron Man Two was such a deep film, bro. Because yeah, Iron Man I, Two, he yeah. Sorry. No, no, no you go. You I'm, I'm sorry. It's just like he he literally is using alcoholism to cope with the idea that he's dying. Like that's it's that's a deep concept that yeah. many people don't understand in Iron Man Two. Like it's it's yeah. It, I think they know. played it a little soft because it's Disney, um, but they did touch on it which I appreciated. The other thing, like, dude, that opened up with, I privatized world peace. You want my armor? Sorry, you can't have it. Oh, is, is that hammer on the screen? How the fuck are you going to say that that scene, like, that <laughs> scene alone made Iron Man 2 better than Iron Man 3? Yes. That's the best Tony Stark that that that, that we got. I mean, that was fire, bro. So, yeah. yeah, IGN, Big L, change that up, please. Thank you. Um, Okay. Now, Rhodey is in Secret Invasion, and I'm going to read what Don Cheadle said about Rhodey. Um, let me pull this up for you guys because this is some important stuff. Um, and shout out to CBM Scene. Um, me and they are they are they are friends of the show. They're always showing us love. They're follow them on Instagram. They they literally give you breakdowns of trailers, shows, news. Really dope stuff. Um, he's probably oh, so you think Brody's a scroll? Hmm. There are gonna be, be people that are like big characters and are close to uh Nick Fury that are gonna be revealed as scrolls. It's inevitable. Yep, it's inevitable. Yep. So it's, it's okay. a good call. I'm gonna read this to you. Okay, it says this. When the show begins, Rhodey has graduated from Air Force Colonel to right hand to the president. And Cheadle did describes him as someone working closely in this working closely. And this one, he finds himself not directly at odds is with the White House to help contain threats, but somewhat on the other side of where Fury. But. Oh, my God. Sorry, he literally typed this in the most wildest way. Let me reread this, guys. I'm sorry. Kamarhan <laughs> describes him as a... Okay, I'm going to start over because I, I got confused. When the show begins, Rhodey has graduated from Air Force Colonel to right hand to the president, and Shudo describes him as someone working very closely. And this one, he finds himself not directly at odds with the White House. At odds is... I don't know what this dude is saying. It sounded right when I read it. It was somewhat okay. 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 All right. So basically, just to sum That's up this, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just it just sounded crazy. Okay. So first off, just just to like summarize the first paragraph, Rhodey is working closely with the government to contain threats, and the rumor is that he's going to end up becoming the vice president in Captain America: New New World Order, and we might be seeing him fight off fight against Sam. It's possible. Um, it says this, but. Um, it says this, this one feels much closer to a movie like Born Identity or something that's more along the tone of a 70s movie. It's not as much about the bells and whistles of big special effects. It's more about the intrigue and drama, the espionage and double crosses. 
And I still think it fits perfectly with what the MCU is able to do and, and pull off. Um, the fun part about it is that we are going to continue to explore Rhodey and in some ways explain for the first time or it, oh my God, to explore Rhodey and in some ways for the first time get to see what makes him tick. We understand his physical challenges, but we haven't really yet dug into a lot of his emotional and psychological challenges. So the big thing that comes out of this, I'm sorry if I sound confusing rereading this. It just like, it sounded so much clearer when I, when I read it earlier. But basically, bro, this movie is going to be an intro into Armor Wars for us, which is a really big deal. It is a really big deal to put like kind of the intro to Armor Wars in this, which makes me think, right? Because um, I, I know I talked to you about the, the uh, secret invasion rumors from a couple of uh, months ago. If you don't want to hear the rumor, then leave. But the rumor was that hopefully secret invasion will have WandaVision. But Wanda, yeah, WandaVision was fire. Uh, Comic yeah, Cuts it, is a uh, hater, but... Um, it didn't have the best effect on audiences. Yes, it did. Yes, it did, bro. No, no, nah, audience bro. did not split over WandaVision. Audience did not split over WandaVision. No, I, not. I know plenty of people that hated that shit. Wow, Myself that's included. well, man. Well, they're just terrible people, man. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I will say this though, man. This is where I need Nick Fury after this. I need Shield back, number one. Shield should have been back by, by this point. I don't know why the heck Shield didn't come back in Avengers Endgame. And I need that Spider-Man Unlimited team working for S.H.I.E.L.D. That's what I want. Spider-Man doesn't need the, the tech, but I want to see Spider-Man um, and other... and Or let me see this. I want to see Nick Fury kind of being the man to take this young Avengers team to the next level. Um, And I think Secret Invasion going into Armor Wars is going to position that idea. But back to like about Secret Wars in general... I need Nick Fury to actually be the hero. Um, I love that Rhodey's going to be involved, but I don't want Rhodey to save the day. And I don't think that that he is, but Nick Fury has to solve this himself because he's the one that's dug his teeth so deep in the scroll crap. And this makes you even think, bro. What if the people in Winter Soldier were scrolls the whole time? It just makes you think about something. It just, like, like bro. The, the like, Hydra people? It just makes you think, bro, because to me, it's like if these people were involved in, in the MCU government the whole entire time, how much impact did they actually have? And how closely was Nick Fury working with them? Is Maria Hill a scroll? Like in the comic, but the thing is, is like I feel like that is a cheap move for the MCU to do because it's so easy to do it now when you don't have to worry about the stakes of retroactively saying something. Everything that they put out pretty much has been successful. You know, they've built it up to this point. They could retroactively say anything. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it doesn't really make a yeah. difference because everything already happened. So I just think that's a cheap move, number one. And number two... You know, I, I love that it's going to be more of like a thrilling drama than a special effects thing. And I think that that's going to have a pivotal role in if it's successful in how they're going to go about Secret Wars. Because remember, the Jonathan Hickman 2015 Secret Wars comic, which is the specific Secret Wars 
that they're using for the Avengers Secret Wars is not a big battle like Infinity War Endgame was. It really is the character study rivalry between Reed Richards and Doctor Doom. Yeah, bro. So, yeah, I agree. And for me personally, bro, I just want Secret. I mean, I want Secret Invasion to end where you know Nick Fury is the guy to start Shield back up because we need we need like with Sword and all this stuff we need Shield in the MCU. And I also think that for Rhodey to be in Secret Invasion, I'm not against it at all. But I am happy that this is positioning Armor Wars, and um. I want to see Ironheart in this show as well because if she's going to be in this show, if she's she's going to be in this Armor Wars movie, we have to see how she traces in this somewhat somehow. I think that a lot of I think a lot of movies are going to be hinted to in this film. Like I expect some Captain America: New World Order stuff. I expect some Armor Wars stuff. I expect a lot of grounded content that has to revolve with the government to be in this film. Would it be shocked if we get a, if we get a scroll Zemo too while we're at it? Not. Just saying. Yeah. So that would be crazy. Yes. So I'm 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 very sad with that. So that's yeah. I, but yes. But me and you both think that Rody being in secret invasion is a big so, W. I heard rumors. Hold on. I heard rumors that Rody is going to be piecing back Stark Tech after the scroll still the tech. Yes. And armor. Yes. Because the, the rumor. Okay. So basically, if you watch the trailer in Secret Invasion, right? Um. But what is happening is that they are building a machine to create the Super Scroll. And basically, bro, the machine that they're building is similar to what Steve used in Captain America 1 when he became Captain America. And so basically, they've been stealing Stark Tech to, cre- to recreate that. And that's how they create the Super Scroll that we see- that we have seen in the trailer. And yeah. so that is one of the reasons why Rhodey is going to be in this film because... They stole that text, so Rhodey has to get that back. So, yeah, man, it's it's going to be a really it's going to be very important uh, to 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 the future of the MCU. Like, very important, bro. And and the rumor is that the scrolls still keep most of the tech, which which is going to make them super powerful. And don't be shocked if we get a a a, a scroll a scroll movie going against the Avengers after Secret Wars. Just saying, because they're coming, baby. Sick. They're freaking coming. Yeah. Um, okay, pause. Okay, so we're going to get into uh, our last topic of the night, which is well, crypto. Wait, we got to do um, the Little Mermaid reveal. Bro, I'm not talking about that crap. <laughs> Maybe we can do that on our freaking fantasy. Wait, the Little Mermaid is out already? Uh, I don't think it's out, but I saw John Campia's episode today. Oh, God. About it. So I think I think they must have showed it at some CinemaCon event. Or Did he hate it? Did he hate it? I don't know. I didn't listen to the episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to give it a chance, man. But uh, but um, I hope it's good. I you know me though. I don't do musicals. Yeah, I know you hate. Yeah. <laughs> I know you hate musicals. <laughs> yeah, I have I have nothing against Haley uh Haley Billy being uh being um Ariel at all. Yeah, I have I, nothing I, against I don't, it. I don't either. Yeah, a lot of a, a lot a lot of people are tripping. Look, look, guys, this is how I feel about about roles. Okay, there are not a lot of like. Because a lot of people get mad when like a black character gets casted. There, there, there's not a lot of dope like original black characters. So, in my opinion, if I was the studio, I would just make my own character that's black and just you know make them dope. That's what I would do. But when it comes to roles like Ariel or Cinderella, I don't think I think those are raceless roles. You know, right? I think a Mexican girl, a white girl, I think anybody could could play that role. Now, if we're talking about Aladdin, you obviously want someone that is of the Middle Eastern. 
you know, dissent to play the role, right? There's right. just certain things where, like, it's just common sense. So, like that's all that. On white being Mulan. Or, exactly, you know, exactly, exactly. But, like, also, like, it, it's important for, you know, <clears throat> what, what really made it make sense to me, like, was, you know, like, seeing little kids look up to Miles Morales, like, that's important, and that's something that, like, you know, I never had to think twice about growing up. And Exactly. Um, but you, you know, also got to think, right, he's a made-up character. Like, they actually made the, the character. And, like, and right. that's why a lot of people have an issue with Sam becoming Captain America because some people feel like, oh, like, we we like we, we, we made him more important by putting him in the Captain America mantle, which I can tend – like, I see why you would agree with that. My only thing to you is that's in the comic book, so you got to shut up about it. The, the, comics, yeah. the comics did it, and to me, it was perfect in the comics. I have nothing – I guess it. Would I have wanted Bucky to become Captain America first? Yes, I would have, but I'm not mad that Sam is a. It's still Captain a W. America. It's 100% a W. As long as they don't. Like, the, 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 I'll have a problem if they have him do the type of monologue that he did at the end. Like, listen, you want to make, you know, a, a, a black guy Captain America, like, go for it. But don't make him be like a guy to launder in activist talking points you know yeah just um, leave it out of our movies like like leave, yeah, leave it out yeah. and, and and personally like what what it where it looks like they're going with sam i'm all on board dude like new world order i'm like and, and me and you keep talking about this so all of the haters for 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 for, for new world order on the superhero cut show we're saying that it's going to be fire so yeah, that's uh, gonna be yeah. Top tier i hated the fact that yeah but the, the ending was super mid man the yeah. ending was super mid um like he literally proved this point in the end of the and uh, the end of the show. He really didn't have to say anything. In right. My opinion. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Because and it would have yeah. been way more powerful if he didn't. Yes. Because to me, I think that what the MCU did well in the past is that they were able to talk about cultural issues, but not, but not by mentioning it by showing you like, um, what like the whole Winter Soldier movie is about. Government oversight, which is a problem that we have today in, in our country. In yes, everything. exactly. And they and they talked about it in such a beautiful way by actually making it the center point of a movie without involving our current issues. And right. that's the way you got to do it. Like you have to like when you when you use culture issues, you have to you have to line up that culture with what's happening in the universe, not with what's happening in 2023. Right. If that makes sense right. to you. And like, that's what they did in the Winter Soldier. Yeah, nobody wants to hear what, like, you know, Joe Biden or Donald Trump are saying on TV. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, we don't care. And, like, even Black Panther, like, Black, but like, Black Panther 1 is legit, could have been the the most activistic movie, but they didn't do that. Like, obviously, they had jokes where, like, they called white people colonizers, which I think was hilarious. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I actually hated that. Yeah, she was like colonizer. Like, I like I just I I just thought it was stupid and funny. But like, you got to think about it, bro. Like, even like like Marvel. Sometimes I'm like, bro. Like, you guys got to look at the blueprint of what you created. Black Panther works because yes, it honors African uh, culture, which which it does very well. But also, bro. The movie's freaking dope, bro. <laughs> like, right, right. Like the movie itself is just dope. So you know, um, you know, there's so you know they 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 have it. Look, I just hope that they get this right with Falcon, 
uh, with um, not with Falcon, with Captain America: New World Order. Because with everything yeah. that, that I'm reading right now, it's super hard, and I, I'm I'm loving every single bit bit of it. Okay, so crypto. The super dog is going to be in Superman Legacy, bro. This made me so happy. Um, I used to watch this show back in the day. Crypt, crypto, the super dog, bro. Did, did you did, did you uh to watch that back in the day? I didn't even know it was a show. Dude, that was like one of the best movies ever, bro. I mean, that was one of the best shows ever, bro. Yeah. Um, as I said, man, I think we grew, we grew up, we grew up in different decades, so like there's exactly. probably a lot of things that you've seen that like were. A little bit young for me at the time. We're at 599 subscribers. One more subscriber, and we'll be at 600 subs, guys. I How... didn't. I, I said to you, we were at 595. Yeah. I said we're oh going to Yeah, I'm so excited. But uh, yeah, dude, I think. But yeah, um, look, man, these these are things that we should have gotten in Man of Steel in the original Superman. See, and this is why James Gunn is 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 one of the best directors because. One of the, one, yes, one of the things about James Gunn. James Gunn is a top three comic book director and writer, and he's going to be one of the best execs next to Kevin Feige. The one thing about James Gunn is that James Gunn never forgets the little things. Why do you? One of the main reasons why Star Lord is so big is because of the mask and the fact that he has flying shoes. Those yeah. are one of the greatest accessories to Star Lord. Rocket, his gun, uh, Gamora, and her sword. You know, like like. James Gunn is an accessories guy when it comes to heroes, and the fact that he's not missing a single beat with this Superman movie, with having things like Crypto, the Super Dog, that's why James Gunn is so great. And so, by the way, yeah, two things. Number one, Crypto being in Superman Legacy is so genius because everyone loves dogs, and adding a dog to Superman, it's not that it makes it lighthearted; it's that it makes it classic. It makes it iconic that this Superman has a dog is going to make him stand out that much more, be that much more remembered and probably sell more tickets. It's easier to tell your girlfriend who loves dogs. To, she probably doesn't want to go see a superhero movie, but you, you tell her, uh, I'm sorry. There's a lot of girls I know that are into superhero movies, but that wasn't always the case. Anyway, you know, <laughs> you, you, it's true. It's the truth. No, no. I'm going to tell you my, my wife is going to see it because of the dog. I want to tell you that now. Exactly. You know? There's a lot of girls that will see Cause the movie and, because and, dogs. and for us, it's going to pinch something in our hearts because we both have dogs. You know, the same yeah. way Guardians did for us with, with the animal stuff. So, and yeah, man, Superman way, makes you be fired. And, and on James Gunn being the GOAT, like, here's the other thing. Guardians of the Galaxy, the game, came out. I think it was last year or two years ago. That game yeah. was so fire. But here's the other thing. Do you think that game would have ever come out if James Gunn didn't do Guardians of the Galaxy. God, no. That's the type of commercial success and reach this man has. So the fact that he, what he did with Peacemaker, uh, bro, like he made yeah. Peacemaker relevant. Like, I know. like Dude, James Gunn is a freaking genius, bro. You know, oh, I I have, it's in my closet if you want me to go grab it. If not, it's all good. But Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I wonder what he has, guys. I'm, I'm excited to see what bro has for us, man. But yeah, man, I'm so bro. James, like when I tell you guys, like I'm, I'm shivering. Like not shivering, but like I'm getting chills right now thinking about what James Gunn's going to do with the DCU, bro. Ooh. Dude, Superman Legacy is going to be like what, like a top five superhero film of all time, bro. Like, oh my god, we're going to forget who Henry Cavill is after this movie. Like, I am so in for this. What so you got? This came out last week. 
You're going to tell me that isn't made out of John Cena? I agree. So, you know, like, I mean, this guy just, you know, he does something and the market reacts to it, is my point. And very few directors have that kind of effect. It's kind of, it's similar to the way, you know, Travis Scott or Off-White is on a sneaker and like, you know, next thing you know, sneakers that are similar to Travis Scott sneakers. Like if you're into sneakers, you'll know the Mocha Jordan 1 was successful because of the Travis Jordan 1. Yeah. And James Gunn is a marketing genius. Like he, he understands culture and, and I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, it is the fact that James Gunn understands culture because I feel like there are a lot of directors that understand culture in our superhero space, but they go activists. James Gunn understands like culture and makes it trendy. And that's yeah. why Guardians works uh, so well. And that's why Superman and Superman Legacy. I left for five minutes and now we're talking about hip hop. And now what? That's all I said. Travis Scott. Oh, Travis Scott, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, um, and what I think what, what I think James Gunn is going to do with Superman, he's going to do similarly what he did with, with, with Guardians. Guardians brought back the old school. You know what I mean? Like, my dad loves Guardians. One, one of the reasons that that drew him in was the old school music, you know? That's what made, and that's been a Guardians theme. And I think that was, and I think that with Superman Legacy is going to bring back a Christopher Reeves type of Superman. And when I say that, I'm not saying Christopher Reeves himself because I think he sucks as Superman, but I, but <laughs> I, 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 seriously, I scrap. Yeah, he's no, terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, 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 but when I, when I, when I say a Christopher Reeves type, this Superman legacy movie is going to be classic. It's going to be beautiful music. It is going to be people getting saved. It's not going to be much fighting. I don't think there's going to be a, a, a lot of fighting in this film. I think that this movie is really going to be, be based a lot on Superman just saving people. And I have nothing against that being an intro film. I really don't. You know, yeah. like like this movie is really going to focus on that. Um, the Batman bringing back the, the Nirvana song. Yes, yes, exactly. Bro, yeah. the Batman, the something in the way from Nirvana for Batman was a staple for him. Like, bro, by the way, it went viral on TikTok, bro. Like, everybody yeah, was playing it. It still does. Like, you know who the bat? You know who Batman never actually fought the Riddler. They never got into a physical fight at all. They didn't. I mean, like, and, and I think that speaks so much to like world building, which I think that's what Matt Reeves did really well yeah. in the Batman. And I another goat. Yeah, and I think you're gonna see something. I I don't want to say I I mean similar and I do mean that but I don't want to say similar because I don't think that Superman Legacy is gonna be it similar in tone or anything to the Batman but I do think James Gunn is gonna do a lot of world building I think you're gonna see Jimmy Olsen I think you're gonna see Lois Lane I think we know you're gonna see Lex Luthor and I think my personal take on Superman villains. I think Lex Luthor is the most important one because he is the biggest villain in the Superman world. Whether, you know, he's fighting him and there's a threat and everything like that. All that aside, Lex Luthor is key to the Metropolis Superman ecosystem. Yes. And Lex Luthor is the greatest villain in DC. You guys can say he's not. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I'm telling you, bro. Lex Luthor is the greatest villain in DC. I don't know about that one. 
when when we rewatch the animated Justice League film, you're gonna be like, yeah, he's the goat. Listen, I love Lex Luthor. I love him, and he's definitely one of bro, my. Bro, in the players. animated Justice League show, bro, he's the goat. Like I don't care what no. anyone says, man. He, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. Um, the Joker, Deathstroke, Ra's al Ghul. They don't hold a total Lex Luthor, bro. I'm telling you, Superman has the best villain. Let's see. What, yeah, Superman has the best villain. The Joker is better objectively. I don't. I don't think so, man. I don't. I, I don't think so because. The the Joker is just the same character twenty four seven. Lex Luthor is is smart. He built he he built armor to go against Superman. There's a whole plot where he was dying, uh, because of the fact of his exposure to Kryptonite. He ends up becoming a being at a point. I mean, Lex Luthor has a lot to his to his bag. That the Joker, the Joker's smart. Yeah. The Joker is always you know he's, a lot of the times he's out planning Batman. You know he tricks. The entire Bat family into these crazy games. I mean, you know, he's taken over Gotham City. He's taken all of Bruce Wayne's money. Um, you know, the things he's done are, are insane, and like he is a master plotter. I get that, but I think that Lex Luthor is like Tony Stark, like, but just more serious. And uh, and I think that there's just more depth to Lex Luthor as a character than the Joker. Like, I can't seriously dig into the Joker's origin and actually care. But with but with someone like well, Lex that's Luthor, you're not supposed to know the Joker's origin. Exactly, but that's like, like but but like with someone Lex, but 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 with, but with someone like Lex, he's so his that his brain is so complex. He's a very hard character to understand. Like, like you understand that he hates Superman and why he does, but the things that he does are just kind of nuts. And it's like, and he kind of suffers. Like, the the best way to describe him, if I was to use Marvel characters, he's like if Norman Osborn and Tony Stark were merged into one person. And to me, that's the one of the Joker, most interesting characters. The Joker is the only villain ever. That loves his arch nemesis. The Joker loves Batman. That's like the whole point. And the other comic you really need to read is the Three Jokers because I don't and Lex wants to be Superman. So I mean, it's 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 similar stuff. Wants to be him is very different than loving him. Yeah, but yeah, but like the Lex admires Superman. Yeah, but like, what are you going to take? Are you are you are you going to take craziness or? Precision. I'm going to take precision every time. Yeah, but I just think the Joker, like, it, he is so unique and one of a kind, and there's nothing else out there that is – the only thing that is somewhat comparable to the Joker is the Green Goblin, and the Green Goblin, it, the, the only thing that, that's similar is that he's kind of crazy and he laughs and they kind of look similar. But other than that, they're very different. You really need to read the three jokers, and I don't even want to give it away. It's a graphic novel, it's not that long. I'll start it. I'll start it. It's I'll start it, tonight. It, yeah, it is fucking crazy. And I'm pretty sure Jeff Johns wrote it. And I know people like to hate on him because of everything he did with WB. Oh yes. Pop Call King great. agrees with you. Oh man. It's all good. It's all good. I'm I think I think Lex is the best uh villain superheroes, man. That's my opinion. Uh, but I'm gonna read that tonight and I'm gonna tell you and I'm gonna send you the episodes to watch in Justice League and then you tell me if he's more interesting than than the, the other genre. Or if you at least see why I, I uh feel that way. But okay. 
All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. It's getting pretty late. Um, thank you guys for watching and listening. Um, this will be posted tomorrow as audio per usual. Um, you know, the usual, please like, subscribe, bring the, the notification bell so you know when, when we post. Um, have a wonderful day. Stay crispy. Peace out.